Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. In your bulletin, if you look at your bulletin, you have on the back side, I gave you, we gave you 12 possessions that God wants us to possess in 2013, this year. And there are only 12. And that's the last one, number 12, is what I'll be talking about today, extracting joy from trials. I also put on the left side, being worry-free, eight steps to doing being worry-free. I wanted you to have that and to uh, practice that during the summer, all during the, during the course of the year, because God wants that from us. He wants us to practice those things. So I like to put things in print so that you don't have to worry about taking notes. Uh, they are there for you. Now, today's message is continuing this series, and it's the last message there, Possessing Our Possessions for 2013, being the type of people that we are, we want to um, walk the Word of God out. That's what I want. Us to walk the word of God out. It's not just enough to say we're Christians. We must walk, talk, act how we are. We are changed. We are new creations, it says in um, the scripture. And we are not the same as we used to be. We're new. So therefore, we should be different. People should see a difference in us. They should hear a difference in us. And the only way they're going to do that is we are changed. So I'm thankful to God for changing us and the Holy Spirit for his sanctification work that he's doing in me and in you because it's a continuation until today we die. So let's talk about that subject, extracting, extracting joy from trials. Now, I know that that. You have joy all the time. I know that. I don't care what trials come, you keep your joy. Well, it's not that way with me. I have to work at this thing. And I think that we all have to work at that thing also. Have to work on it. Just like worrying. I think we all have to work on um, not allowing things to get us down, not to let things just keep tormenting our mind about situations that, that are up. What's the same way about what we're saying today. We are not going to lose our joy because of circumstances. We're just not going to let it happen. How do you become then? How do you really become the type of people that keeps joy during trials? How do you do that? Oh, we see it in the Word. We see what the Word says. But how do you do it? That's the key thing. How do you extract it? Extract means to draw out. That's what it means, to draw out. How do you draw out, really, joy from bad situations, tough situations? How, how do you do it? Well, the first thing, we must be, number one, born again. If you're not born again, it's not going to help us because uh, we are subject to the world, to our flesh, to everything else, because we have not changed. We have no change in agent. We have not been changed. So, therefore, we are, um, we are just 
committed to doing whatever comes natural. And that's walking in the flesh. We must be born again. That's number one. Number two, I believe that it's very important that we understand that we must renew this mind. Just because we are born again does not mean you start thinking automatically different. It doesn't mean that you automatically start looking different, being different, that you start having all the joy and everything, everything is hunky dory. It's not like that just because you get born again. Oh, your spirit is born again. I mean, it's, it's moved from death to life. Yes. This flesh is still the same. Still the same. But we can control this flesh. But we have to renew our mind. Must be. Must be renewed. I want to look at that one place where it says that. Uh, let's look at Romans 12. And Emily, follow me here because it's not in the notes. You, you're good at this thing. Um, Romans 12. Let's look at there. Verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore. Now, of course, the therefore is because of what he said up above there. How, how just God is so... Uh, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how it's unsearchable. I mean, it just goes on to just a, um, he's just having a hallelujah party when he's talking here. And then he said, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a, your spiritual service of worship. I'm reading out of New American Standard. And do not be conformed, don't be pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, we have to renew it. So that that you may prove what is the will of God, that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have to renew our minds so that we even know what the will of God is. And you remember in Colossians we said that, that you have to um, be increasing in your knowledge of God. We said that uh, we have to be full of the knowledge of, 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 of God's will. You can't know God's will unless you renew your mind. We have to renew our mind. Very important. Very important. Now, since we have to renew our mind... We have to now renew our mind according to, according to what the Word of God says about the subject of joy. Joy is not something that, oh, man, this happened. Oh, I'm excited. You know, I, my goodness, somebody came and they just automatically, I don't know why they did it, they just brought a new car and dropped it by my house. I know you'll say, man, I am joyful. I'm excited. I, I can leap for joy. Do you think you can leap for joy? Maybe we can leap for joy. Because if you got five, five new cars anyway, just sell it and give, give it away. It doesn't matter. But you can still leap for joy. You can leap for joy. Come on. Can't you? 
Leap for joy. You're excited. You're rejoicing. You're rejoicing. I believe that um, when the final thing comes up with the the NBA is playing now, the NBA championship, National Basketball League, um, somebody's going to be leaping for joy. Yeah, they're going to be leaping for joy. But it's because of their circumstances. That's all. Because of the circumstances. And the circumstances would be something good happened, something favorable happened, some success happened. Is that correct? How many people leave for joy when you go outside and somebody had ran into your car during the night and smashed it and it's total loss and you don't know who did it? Do you leave for joy? No, why not? What has changed? Your circumstances. <laughs> your circumstances change. That means, in a worldly sense, your circumstances, they control, they control your Emotions, your joy. Because Webster would say joy is, a, um, is an, an emotion uh, that is triggered by success or good things, favorable things, uh, all those type of things like that. It's an emotion. Aren't you glad that God gave us emotions? Right. Because if you didn't have emotion, you know, um, you probably wouldn't be. Uh, nobody will like you. Really, really, come on. Nobody will like you. You didn't have an emotion, right? You wouldn't, you couldn't smile, right? You couldn't laugh. You couldn't cry. Because you have no emotions. Right? Aren't you glad I have emotions? You see my teeth. Yeah, you see my teeth. Yeah. I mean, when you smile, you look better, don't you? You look better. Well, God gave it to us. If he gave it to us, then why then would we need then to be controlled, controlling this joy from a sense that your outward circumstances wouldn't have anything to do with it? If he gave us emotions. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Now, hold that thought now. We're going to come back to it in a minute. If I'm going to renew my mind, I have to renew it according to the word of God, because that's what it says. What are some words that I can renew it with? Let's go to Galatians. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 to be on the screen right there. In Galatians 2, uh, 20, it'll tell us uh, something there that I think will be of interest in this subject. This is what you can use. All we are talking about all we're talking about right now is how do I renew my mind? I have to I have to start having some more knowledge. I have to have a knowledge that my joy does not have anything to do with my circumstances. I have to start thinking that way because in in all my life it was the other way around, right? Other way around. So now I have to renew my mind. And it says here in verse 20, Galatians 2.20, For I have been crucified with Christ. Now if you're crucified, that means you are dead. That's what it means. You're dead. And it says, And it is no longer I who live. So that means that you're dead, you don't live. But Christ lives in me. 
and the life which I now live in the flesh. So even though I'm dead, I'm alive. And Christ is living through me. I'm alive because he's alive. And it says that now the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. I have to renew my mind to that because my circumstances tend to want to control my joy. So I have to say, I'm dead. I'm dead. Even though somebody, let's go back to the scenario, even though somebody ran into my car, totally lost the thing, and it wasn't worth that much anyway, so therefore I can't buy another one because the money that the insurance company gives you, you can't buy another one like that. So, so what am I going to do now? I don't like to catch the bus. What am I going to do? Well, see, I, uh, I'm supposed to still have joy because I'm dead. You say, wait a minute, I'm alive though. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're alive, but you, now either the scripture is true or, or it's not true. It said you're crucified. Right? <laughs> That's what it said. And you're no longer, and, and it, is, it is no longer I who live. So if it's no longer I who live, this is what Paul's saying. That means that you don't live. But the life of Christ lives through you, then you're living. Okay? So therefore, it doesn't affect me. I have to have things like that going, going off in my mind. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. I still have joy. I still have joy. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Galatians 5. Let's go to 22. And there we have the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is speaking metaphorically. And it means that basically they're taking one idea or a word or object and literally um, saying that I'm going to take this and I'm going to transfer it over and use it in this way because of the analogy between it. So the fruit of the Spirit is not really the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of the Spirit. If I asked you, what type of fruit is on, this, on an apple tree? You'd tell me what? Apples. Right. What type of fruit is on a pear tree? You said pears. Well, it says the fruit of the spirit. It's not talking about the fruit of a spirit because uh, we're not talking about pears and apples and something that stands out like that with the Holy Spirit. It's it's used metaphorically, and it's it's like if you say the ship plows through the sea. Well, we know plow uh, plows are used to plow ground. Ships do not plow. A ship is not a plow. But if you use it as an analogy, then, then the ship is like it plows through the sea. Well, the, the fruit of the Spirit is like it does have fruit, but the Spirit doesn't have fruit. The Spirit has results. The result of the Holy Spirit living in you, in me, is that you have love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, goodness, kindness, temperance, mercy, all these things you have because the Holy Spirit lives in you. It's the result. It's the effect of the Holy Spirit on your life. That's what it means. So we start thinking like that. Oh, I need, I need to renew my mind. That means that I have joy only because it's not my joy. Whose joy is it? 
The Holy Spirit. See, the effect of the Holy Spirit living in me is that he produces joy. Joy. Do, do we understand now where we're coming from? He produces love. You know, and I know, it's impossible for you to love like Christ loves. How can you say you're going to love your neighbor just like Christ loved you? Right? I mean, we can say it, but actually to walk it out, no. No. Because if your neighbor hates you, if his dog come over there and poop on your yard, you know, and I know, when you're cutting your grass and you step in it, you're not you're going to say, whoopee, yes, yes, yes. You're not going to do it. No way. Come on now, right? You're not going to do that. So, so how can you love like Christ loved? And you say, hey, can you have your dog not coming? It's, look, my dog going to come over there anytime he wants to. When I let him out, he goes where he wants to. Suck it up. And you say, I love you. Like Christ. Come on. You're not going to do it, are you? That's how Christ loves us. He does. When we were yet sinners, he died for us. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. See, see what I mean? It can't be your love. It can't be your joy. Can't be. Can't be. It has to be from somewhere else. Number one, I said that if we're going to extract joy from our circumstances, we have to be born again. Number two, if we're going to extract joy from our circumstances, we said that we have to renew our mind. To the word of God. We have to start thinking differently. Right? Number three. If we're going to extract joy from our circumstances, our joy must be from the spiritual realm. It cannot be from the natural realm. Can't be from the natural realm. Can't be. Let's give you an example of that. Let's go to uh, John, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14. Let's go there. Probably verse 27. And let's look there at what it says, because it sounds a light on joy. Now, here we have, we have something that says, he's talking about peace, isn't he? The effect or the result of the Holy Spirit living in your life is love, come on, joy, come on, one more, peace. He says in verse 27, peace I leave you. Now, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace. He didn't say your peace. Did he say your peace? He says, my peace, my peace, capital M, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. So this peace he says he's giving you and me is not the peace that the world gives. The world gives peace if everything is going hunky-dory, peaches and cream. The world says you have peace. All of us can have peace. We, we, we didn't need Christ to have peace when everything is going well, did we? Because we didn't have, have an emotion of 
of where we got all bent out of shape. We're at peace. We're at peace. Now, he says, I leave with you. My peace I give with you, not that the world gives. So that means that this is a peace that's not of this world. Not of this world. That means that there are results of the Holy Spirit, effects of the Holy Spirit on our life that's not of this world. The Holy Spirit is not of this world. He's a spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's a spirit. So if he's a spirit, we can't see him. Is that correct? We can't see him. There's a world that exists here and now in this room, in this uh, city, Lynchburg, in the surrounding counties that you do not see. But it's just as real as everything that we see. It's just, matter of fact, it's more real. It's more real because everything that we see came from that which we don't see. The spiritual realm. So that means that there's joy out there because you can't see joy. You can't see the peace. You can just feel it. You can have the results of it. Of the world. Of the world. You've got to be born again. Number two. You have to renew your mind. Number three. In the half the extract joy, you must realize that joy is from another world. The spiritual world. It's from the spiritual world. It's from the spiritual world. You say, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It is. It's from the spiritual world. Let's look just a, a, another uh, place in there. Uh, well, no, let's, let's, let's go to, let's go to what, what God says in his word to make you really, really just stamp it in. And, and I mean, just it's on our forehead. It's all over us in James chapter one. Everybody knows that we, I mean, we went through that about five years ago, four years ago, um, three years ago. We went through it. We went through the chapter, the whole book of James. OK. And James chapter one, verse two. It tells us. Here that the King James might say, count it. Might say, consider it. Consider. What does he mean, consider? It, it, it mean, it, it said, I want you to, I want you to keep this in your mind. I want you to view this as, consider it, count it, all, not some, all joy, my brother, when you encounter various Trials, adversity, afflictions. Now that's the word of God, isn't it? But it sounds, it sounds like, who is he talking to? Is he talking to robots? Is it, does he realize that trials, adversity, afflictions hurt? Right? We have an emotion. Count it all joy. Consider it joy. How are you going to consider it joy? If you don't know how to extract joy from your circumstances. So it's, oh, okay, I, I, I see that. I see, I see why he can say that. He can say that because joy is not dealing with my circumstances. 
It doesn't have anything to do with my circumstances. So therefore, bring it on, adversity. Bring it on, trials. Bring it on, afflictions. Come on, make my day. That's what we're supposed to be saying, aren't we? As Christians, that's what we're supposed to be saying. Because it has no effect on me. Come on, hit me with your adversity. Hit me with your affliction. Anybody want to say that? Nobody want to say that? I thought, I thought y'all love being Christian. Huh? <laughs> Nobody wants to say that, do they? Nobody wants trouble. But, but see, if we know what God says, you will want it. Because it says that you can consider it because knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You say, well, I don't want no endurance. <laughs> Come on. I don't want any endurance. <laughs> and it says that let endurance have its perfect work or perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, we like that. We don't want to like anything. I don't like anything. I, anything I need, I got it. Right? We want that. But it only comes through endurance. And endurance only comes through persevering, doing trials. Joyfully. Joyfully. Right? Remember in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, 10, and 11, you remember that? And, and, and in verse 11, I, I said that um, he says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious uh, power, so that, so that you may attain to all perseverance and long suffering with joy. Oh, he says it all over the Bible. But see, we don't, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we read it, but we kind of read right on what it says. I don't like that one. That doesn't sound good. I read right on over that thing. But that's what it says. That's what it says. It says, oh my goodness. Let's look at another one. Philippians. Let's look at one more here. Philippians. Now, in Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4, it says something weird. The Bible's always saying something weird, isn't it? Now, what is it weird to? Our thinking, our unrenewed thinking. That's what's weird. But if we think the way God thinks, it's normal. This is normal thinking here. He says, rejoice. Right? That's what it starts off. How's your starts off? Frown. How's your start off? <laughs> rejoice. Now he tells us how. In the Lord. Now, it would have been great if he said, rejoice in your circumstances. But he didn't say that. Did he? He said, rejoice in the Lord. Didn't he? Oh, that's a key. I can extract joy out of my circumstances if... I rejoice in the Lord and not in my circumstances. Oh, oh. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. What does yours read? Always? Does he realize that 
Sometimes circumstances come and we can't always rejoice. Is God with it? I mean, does he understand that we live in a natural world? Because we always say, in a real world, this will be true, but uh, come on. God knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. He's, and, and he, he said, oh, I, I know some of you are getting out the white out now, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. <laughs> That's what he said. Rejoice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you uh, next week, uh, I guess, some more how, how to extract this thing out. Let me just give you an example here. Let's look at verse 17 uh, in, in Philippians 3. You're already there, 317. It says, Brethren, join in fellowship in my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern uh, you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies to the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame who set their minds on earthly things. I'm glad we don't set our, set our minds on earthly things. Aren't we so glad? Because if we set our minds on earthly things, our joy is going to be all messed up because our, our, our joy is going to be in earthly things. But he says something next. Look at what he says next. For, or we can say because, see, we don't set our minds on earthly things because our citizenship is in heaven. Oh, glory. Come on. Your citizenship is not here on this earth. And we don't set our, 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 our mind on these earthly things because we are not from here. We, we, all we, did, we are here when we got born again. Now, we are here just to do his will. We've been sit, sent as ambassadors for a purpose. For a purpose. Just to do his will. And then we go back home. It's a back home. When we were born again, we were born of God's Spirit. And God's Spirit is, matter of fact, it says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Are we not? And we're just here, but we're there because we're in Christ. Our life is hid with Christ in God, the Word says. So therefore, we're not from here. So I can't be affected by all this, this worldly stuff you're going on. Now, did y'all ever see a movie called The Martians or something? Y'all never saw a movie like that, did you? I know y'all don't watch that fast stuff. Um, you know, you think, you, you think um, I think it's called The Jetsons. That's what it's called, The Jetsons. Y'all saw that thing? Somebody old enough to saw, seen that thing. I don't know you've seen it. You saw that, Rebecca? You saw you seen The Jetsons, haven't you, sir? You know what where are you from? Oh, you are, you're, you're from, your sister's from above. She has never seen the justice. Okay, she never seen the justice. Okay. All right. Okay. We're just here. Like, mom, we're just here. We're just here. Just here. Next week, I'm going to add to this. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. No, next week I'm not. Next week I'm not. It's a, it's a special message next week to mothers. It's a special message to mothers. Okay. Oh, we want to honor mothers, don't we? So you want to, you want to invite your mothers and you want to invite everybody who is a mother. You know, you've got mothers next door. you got mothers there, which way. Invite them because we want to honor mothers. <laughs> we want to honor mothers. And then the next week, which is the third Sunday, we'll come back and we're going to pick it up from here. And when, when, I, when I finish, you're going to be jumping. You're going to say, 
Hey, let me add these verses. Come on. Come on. You're going to be saying what Paul says. Man, you can bring this stuff on. It really doesn't matter. No adversity. I don't care what affliction come on. It doesn't matter. My joy is steadfast in the Lord because you're going to have the word of God on it. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.